3: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome into the program. It is Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host, live out here in Las Vegas. Your other host is on the East
2: Coast. He is live in Boston, Josh Applebaum. Josh, how are you? Pritch, I'm doing fantastic. Happy Thirsty Thursday. We got a lot to get to, my man. We got a lot of MLB. (laughs) Uh, We got a lot of NFL. I got my Patriots and the Eagles tonight. Interesting move here. What we're seeing here with the spread, we'll we'll dive into. But, Pritch, before we start the show, I got to take a second here give me liberty or give me death how about the wmba the new york liberty coming up absolutely massive for the team uh they're down at one point they outscore uh the seattle storm 21 to 7 in the fourth quarter but dabbling into a little w nba pitch plus one and a half a minus one and a half Zubert mm-hmm. and Brianna Stewart, both out for Seattle. So uh big win there for the Liberty, for the team and Pritch, get ready. You might see a couple more WNBA plays for me moving forward, <laughs> but a huge hit with the Liberty last I night. I am definitely going to be ready. You know, I was thinking of you. I, I turned uh, the
3: channel and I checked in on the WNBA action, Josh, because I knew you had a wager on it and, and I saw the Liberty down. I think they were down what 10 points in the third quarter. Yep. Uh, so I was a little worried. I didn't say anything. I didn't text you. Uh, a little worried, though. But then uh, I get the text from you, though, that Liberty was able to come through and cash that ticket.
2: Yeah, and best of all, Pritch, is like there's an emoji, the Statue of Liberty emoji. like <laughs> yes, it's sir perfect. You yeah, can yeah. catch that bet. So, <laughs> Pritch, this is, this is why I love you. Even if you don't have a a, game, a bet on the game yourself, you're, you're a wingman. You sweat the game with me. That's so right. That's why you're the best.
3: That's right. Absolutely, man. I want to go through the emotions with you on that, even though from a wager standpoint. So, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, just because of uh, curiosity, I did look at the live line at the time uh, of that game. And I think the Liberty—they were like plus on the money line. Money line—they were plus three fourteen or something like that. Are you—you're not you are not an end game better though, right? I mean, you're purely like data driven, and uh, you're gonna uh, set your wages that way.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, probably 90% of my bets are just what we call pre-flop at VEASAN or just before the game starts. Mm-hmm. So, really, uh, a lot of my strengths and what I look for in terms of getting down on a game is all reading the market prior to when the game starts. So, uh, there's a lot to go off of. Obviously, my sweet spot is, you know, I'm not a pro capper. I, pritch. I didn't bet that game because... You know, my my odds or my numbers said that the, the Liberty should be a five-point favorite. I'm not a pro capper. Yeah. I don't set my own numbers and compare them to the books. But I look at what the – what um I guess the next best thing, if you're not a pro capper, is look at what the market is doing and what the market is telling you. Uh, and, again, my sweet spot is against the public, with the house, with the pros, beat the closing line, flat betting and not parlaying. So yeah. that was just a perfect storm where, uh you know, turn it on there, put put your foot on the gas of the Liberty in the fourth quarter bridge. Uh, but, again, WNBA, I think the beauty of it is – There's no public. You can't go contrarian. There's really no value there. Mm -hmm. But these moves are sharp, and they're driven by wise guys and wise girls who follow the WNBA, track the WNBA, Uh, Have really uh, good insight into the league overall. So, again, if if you're not a pro capper, we always strive to set our own numbers and and our own power ratings. But the next best thing to me is reading the market and looking for sweet spots and sharp line moves. Yeah,
3: you know, I'm kind of just trying to fill out the in game aspect of of sports betting because as a casual better, I don't participate heavily in in game for sure, but uh, I'm curious about it. Uh, But yet, I kind of want to flex my wings and exercise a little bit. So, uh, I take a peek at lines here and there, Josh, just to kind of get a feel uh, for what. I could expect perhaps for football even
2: yeah I think it's a great point Pritch. and I would say live betting it's kind of the new biggest thing here mm-hmm. when it comes to betting on sports because uh you know if you were busy with your life or couldn't get your bet in on time you know back in the day it was sorry maybe you can bet the second half line but that's pretty much it nowadays you know everything is so uh instant gratification and getting in with your app you know your phone's always there next to you so there's all these opportunities I would just say with with live lines be selective and be careful because you can watch a game. And I think you got to watch games in order to live line, Rich right. you got to see the style and you know, what's going on. And are there, uh, is one team just, you know, shooting bricks and getting unlucky. You know, uh, that's the sort of thing that I look toward. I just think with live lining, be selective because it can be a slippery slope. You know, you watch a game and you feel like every two seconds, ooh, I love this live line, mm-hmm. my payout got bigger, and you can really fall into a trap where you're betting too many games and too many live lines. So pick your spots, but if you can be selective and be disciplined, live lines do have a lot of value.
3: Okay, so in about 15 seconds, what happened? Uh, like, Because I know they were down 10. And what happened in the fourth quarter?
2: Oh, Pritch, they heard we, we were sweating them. They heard we had a bet on them. Then they said, hey, we better turn this thing on and get going. But uh, seriously, what, what an epic sweat. Yeah. Just love it
3: from last night. No, that was awesome. Um, I'm glad you were able to catch that ticket. I saw the reaction on Twitter, too, which was outstanding. Uh, give me liberty. That's line of the year so far, too. Yeah. Give me liberty. Or, or give me death or anything else. I mean, we catch exactly. the tickets and betting, right? I get that. Uh, certainly on board with that uh, philosophy, for sure. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host. Live out here in Las Vegas, your other host out there live on the East Coast in Boston is Josh Applebaum. So, Josh, I don't know what we're going to get this weekend from um, uh, preseason football, but it's getting feisty. Uh, So the Las Vegas Raiders traveled recently to L.A. to have joint practices with the Rams. Uh, Reports have it that they mixed it up a little bit. Uh, I think the Rams were not expecting the intensity that the Raiders brought to uh, the fold there, to the mix. So they had a couple scraps and uh, pushing and shoving and that kind of thing. But then also you had a slot receiver, one Hunter Renfro. Not that one for the Red Sox, but another one for the Las Vegas Raiders, kind of taking it to Ramsey out there. And Ramsey had to go on social media to defend himself. So what is that doing for you and your interpretation of what we could see between the Raiders and the Rams this weekend?
2: Yeah, so I think you got to kind of keep the keep it in the back of your head if there are these joint practices because it brings a kind of a different dimension to some of these games. You know, we'll get to the Patriots and the Eagles in a second, who mm-hmm. uh, are also having joint practices and kind of similar sort of thing. Pritch, what I've been hearing is the Eagles are hitting very hard. They're going through the whistle. They're kind of beating up on the Patriots here, and I think it just it it kind of tells you the style of the coaches and how they want to handle their players, and then maybe what that could portend for the actual game itself. Um, you know, what I'm looking at here for the Vegas uh, Raiders going to. The Rams here uh, is really a big line move here to Vegas. I mean, Mm -hmm. they open at some shops like minus three, minus four. They're all the way up to minus six and a half. Now we know based on this uh, sharp line move that pros really targeted Vegas when they were down a little earlier. You know, minus three, minus four, something like that. Now that it's at six and a half, it's very difficult uh, to to bet Vegas now. You've missed the boat. You've missed the best number. uh, And we also know that, you know, in the preseason, that's a really big number. Six and a half. you, You rarely see a six and a half in the preseason. Actually getting a dog. Uh, six or better in the preseason is pretty good. It's about 55% ATS the last decade. My angle here, Pritch, would be the under. To me, this is one of the sharpest unders you're going to get this weekend. It opened at 37. It's down to 35. You've seen a lot of under money come in on this one. We do know with the Raiders, or with the Rams, actually, uh, Sean McVay has told us he's not going to play his guys. He'll so put him in these joint practices, get him some game action, game reps, but he's not going to play him in the games. You're not going to see Darnold or Ramsey uh, or Stafford or any of these big players. We did see they barely scored, what, six points in that uh, that game against the chargers bridge mm-hmm. my play is the under 37 down to 35 i don't think you're going to get a lot of offense here uh from the rams you know we do have these unders 14 and three in the preseason uh and then also unders that fall at least at least a point since 2014 they're 58 so i'd be looking to the under here pritch and you mentioned with you know with gruden he is one of the best ats coaches in the preseason 1-0 and so far now 19-8 and ats 70 percent in the preseason here so again if you bet you bet Raiders early, you're right. feeling great. It's hard to bet them now. I think the only value left on this game would be. Possibly buying low on the on the Rams, but I'm not too intrigued by that because does, they're not going to play many of other guys. To me, the play is the under 37 down to 35.
3: Well, let's talk about that uh, buying low on the Rams because you can catch six and a half points right now. Looking at the under out here in Vegas, 35. So uh, catching six and a half uh, points here, Josh from uh, Everything About Sports Betting Guide. I mean, uh, the book uh, is this a key number if people are looking to back the Rams here? Like for instance, uh, could these joint practices have woken up uh, the the Rams can can we see a spirited effort and return to what the Vegas Raiders are going to bring
2: I think it's possible and I think you know uh, but again it's also like they could be you know riled up ready to go and want to you know fight back and and really you know bounce back against the Raiders who are manhandling them in these joint practices Mm -hmm. but the thing is those would be the starters that you would be banking on to bounce back and play well (laughs) I don't think you're going to get them so that's kind of the x factor like all things being equal, yeah, I think the Rams would be excited and, and wanting to uh you know fight back and prove to to Vegas, like, hey, you push us around and join practices. That mm-hmm. doesn't matter. The lights come on. We want to really beat up on you. Uh, but again, you're not gonna get Ramsey. Ramsey's not gonna get a shot to uh in the game, you know, uh, you know, make a make a pick or make a big play. So that's kind of a wrinkle there. Uh, but again, I would mention, you know, that system I got in, in front of me, Pritch, last decade, when you're a dog six or more in the preseason, 42 and 30 ATS 58%. Also a couple of systems here, a preseason dog who made the playoffs versus a team who didn't, uh, that's 55% ATS the last decade. There's a lot of systems here on the Rams, but my only concern again, is that uh, you're not gonna get a lot of your starters playing. Okay. So it's a good angle to keep an eye out for, but I'll be more intrigued by grabbing the points if I knew at least some of these guys might play, uh, you know, more than a, a snap
3: or two in this yeah, game. Yeah, starters aside, and I, and I get that. I, I just think from a competitive standpoint, if somebody gets under your skin as a competitor, you wanna get back at them, Josh, and uh, a great opportunity to me for the Rams to do that if they're getting and manhandled in practice. And uh, my own personal experience, We played the 49ers, the defending Super Bowl champion 49ers in Japan of all places. Uh, Joint practices leading into a preseason game that was going to be on national TV. And our coach was Mike Shanahan. He just left. He won the Super Bowl uh, with the 49ers. One of the best teams ever, right? Uh, And so to say that practice was... Not at a fever pitch to, uh, is an understatement. That thing was intense. Uh, you got Jerry Rice on one side. You're trying to prove yourself against them, and that's the defending Super Bowl champion. So uh, as players with the Denver Broncos, we wanted to get at San Francisco, and that carried over to the game as well.
2: Yeah, it's a great anecdote, Pritch. And by the way, how was Japan? I got to get a little oh, insight man. into that. I'm Japan sure. Was great. you have some fun? What was well, that like? That
3: was a business trip. Like I said, he when we landed, it was a long, long, long flight. And we landed, he ran us. Uh, like we stole something. I mean, he ran us into the ground. Uh, just so to understand that this was a business trip, we're not going to go out and hang out in Rapungi and hang out in Japan. Uh, we were just going to go there, play the game, uh, get after the 49ers and come back home. So uh, that, that message was sent and delivered uh, and well received. Because like I said, we took it to the 49ers, beat them uh, beat them handily. That was a Terrell Davis game. And when, when he lit up, I think it was Drakeford on that kickoff return. Uh, and then the rest is history for Terrell Davis uh, going on to the Hall of Fame.
2: That's awesome, Pritch. By the way, next time you go to Japan, let me hang out with you. Let me, let me get uh, jump in your suitcase. Uh, <laughs> yes. The place I always wanted to visit here. It's but, awesome. Uh, <laughs> along those lines, Pritch, one thing I just want to mention, too, you know, we have this angle of the Rams not playing any of their guys. Today is a big information based betting day and mm-hmm. I tweeted this earlier from my account uh, at Josh underscore insights, but um, this is the, the kind of the reason there's three examples. We'll get to them all today, but the first one of why information is key and really the timing of placing your bet and jumping on numbers before the odds makers catch up to it. So her example, be the Jets. This is a big one here. We just saw a tweet come out uh, from coach Matt LaFleur saying that Jordan light Jordan love is unlikely to play. We know that uh, obviously Aaron Rodgers isn't going to uh, be put out there in the preseason. You don't want to risk injury at all for your, your star there. Uh, so it's going to be Kurt Benkert and it's going to be Jake Dolagala going <laughs> okay. at quarterback yeah. for the green Bay Packers bridge. So oh, this yeah. is uh this is a spot where uh, to me, the jets are are in a really good situation where um, again, the lines moved a little bit, but it's a money line play for me at this point, Pritch. Jets opened a lot of these books um, plus one and a half or plus two and a half. Even now they completely flipped to minus two and a half. So we do know the jets played pretty well in the Mm -hmm. preseason opener, almost the same exact situation against the giants. They were that same, like plus two to minus two. And that's one of my favorite systems in the preseason, a dog to favorite sharp line move. Now, I don't want to leave the two and a half now, Pritch, because right. if they win by two, uh, win by one, you know, you lose your bet. To me, I money line these plays just because if you're late to the party but still want to be on the sharp side, just say to yourself, hey, just win the game, money line, pay the juice. Uh, the way you might won't get hurt by maybe a a late score or a missed kick or something like that. Uh, but Green Bay, who lost 26-7 to to Houston, didn't play great. They were plus two there. This Jets team with, with uh, obviously, um, uh, Robert Salah and uh, you know, wanting to instill this new culture and play well and keep this thing rolling. And Zach Wilson wanting to continue to play well. You know, he was hanging out with Rodgers mm-hmm. at those joint practices as well. Um, and I saw there was Carl Lawson might have gotten hurt today in the uh, in, in one of these joint practices, which was a guy uh, they gave a lot of money to. But um, Pritch, my play here, dog to fave, line move to the Jets. And this just tells you, um, again, another system that should be a line move on a team who missed the playoffs versus a team who made kind of that ultimate buy low, 55%. ATS the last decade, but this is what I'm getting at with the information-based bets. Once you hear or see from a tweet and get on Twitter, follow these coaches, follow these local beat reporters, when the floor's telling you no Jordan Love, no Rodgers, mm-hmm. and you got a couple quarterbacks who probably are going to be working at 7-Eleven or somewhere else bridge when the season starts. That to me gives you a huge edge with the Jets, and that's an example of jumping on this information and going money line with the Jets. I, I put a money line play okay. on the on the Jets, Jets.
3: Right. I mean, Wilson should get some run for sure. Um, but uh, any any information on these quarterbacks though, like colleges, anything, uh, prior uh, <laughs> playing experience,
2: anything? Ben Kirk, I feel like I saw him in college. I don't remember what school he went to, but okay. I know Jake Dolagala was a guy who had a cup of coffee with the Patriots. Actually, pitched the day I went to training camp in Foxborough. He was with the Pats. He was just kind of another arm (laughs) there. He just uh, got when Stidham got hurt, and he was actually—I believe—he was with Green Bay, then to the Pats, then back to Green Bay. So some familiarity there. But the whole point is, you're down on quarterbacks. You know, bet the other team. That's kind of what you're looking at.
3: (laughs) Right, find an arm somewhere. Kirk uh, uh, (laughs) Brenton was telling us, our producer uh, telling me that uh, uh, Virginia or West Virginia for uh, Kirk. yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to have to research that guy to find out what we're going to see there with the Packers. Uh, so so more information here, Josh, uh, because uh, I want to focus on these key numbers right now. Chicago uh, at minus four against Buffalo. So Andy Dalton may be feeling the pressure. Uh, Justin is going to have a great career. This is his quote. But right now it's my time. We talked a little bit about it yesterday. Uh, so Dalton, it seems like he's got to impress his teammates or at least his coaches and I wonder will he lobby to try to participate in this matchup against Buffalo
2: I think it's possible Pritch and again you kinda you kinda have uh, you know the uh, what's the statue page had a great quote. I think it was like uh, when someone's behind you, just keep running or something like that, uh, or don't look behind you. So I think Dalton, you know, here's the footsteps of Justin Fields, who to me, Pritch from the naked eye looked pretty good in that debut, uh debut game at soldier field. So um, again, do we see any Dalton? Uh, I did see a tweet uh, or a report here that fields, uh, he had some sort of, not a big injury, but it was questionable whether You're he'd growing. play. And he, he mm-hmm. says the yeah growing, he's good to go. So right. he, he should be playing here. He kind of said it himself that he wants to play. Um, it's right at four and a half, Rich. So to me, you know, you do have this angle of, you know, Fields and Dahl maybe taking in some action. But I would just say be a little careful because the Buffalo Bills with McDermott eight and four ATS, 67% covering the number. And I wonder if McDermott is gonna be, you know, the next like Harbaugh or the next Gruden. I'm always looking for, you know, the public is is jumping onto, and you can't blame them, like with Harbaugh and the Ravens, they've now won 18 straight preseason games. He's like 70% ATS, Um, but the public is jumping on this. I'm looking for the next Harbaugh, and I'm wondering, could it be McDermott? A guy who set a good foundation, a good culture, kind of known as kind of a no-nonsense type coach. Is it a situation where you know even though you're going to see probably Jake Fromm or some of these backups Mm -hmm. and no Josh Allen, uh, you know we'll have to see how how that plays out. Could grabbing the points here with the with the Bills be a worthwhile look? I want to see this thing get down to four uh, to let me know that there's some action coming in on Buffalo. Right at four and a half. It's kind of a layoff for me. I don't see a ton there, but I am intrigued by the points with Buffalo. I think McDermott might take this thing seriously. Yeah, because you got Trubisky too involved in this one too, and that's his former team. How could I? How could I forget? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know.
3: <laughs> you had your mind on WNBA uh, and catching oh, yeah. that ticket, but uh, no, Trubisky. But out here at the South Point, uh, Buffalo is plus four, and so uh, from a key number standpoint, like I'm still trying to uh, focus in on these numbers and ones to avoid. Uh, ones, ones to focus in on is casual better.
2: Yeah, I think it's really important, Pritch. You know, obviously in the regular season, I think it's probably more important because okay. you play the you play it a little differently. You know, you're gonna have your your best kicker out there. You know, yeah. a lot of these these teams that we're seeing will have uh, you know, backup or you know, uh, you know, they're trying out a practice squad guy. So key numbers are so huge. The threes, the sevens, the tens, you know, uh the 13, 14. I mean, these are all really, really important. To me, when it comes to preseason, it's it's still important, but not quite as important just because Sometimes you have missed kicks. Sometimes you have mm-hmm. safeties. You got backups in there where weird things happen, um, missed extra points, whatever it may be. But you are right. You know you want to train yourself. And you know this is kind of preseason for us as betters too, Pritch. Right. We want to train our brains to see that three and immediately say, hey, I'm on the dog. I want the three or the three and a half with the hook. I'm on the favorite. Hey, I want the minus two and a half if I can find it. Mm-hmm. E- Again, train your brain to identify these numbers and then shop around and then look at hey, is the juice going one way or the other? Like, let's say a team is minus three. You like the dog, and it's minus three, minus 115, looking like it'll go to three and a half. Then wait, because you're probably going to get the hook. On the flip side, if it's you know three going down to two and a half, uh, then hey, maybe you want the dog you know, then because it's going to fall th- to two and a half. Those little things, again, train your brain to identify the key numbers, and then always ask yourself, do I want to be on or off them? Uh, it may not be as important in mm-hmm. the preseason, uh, but it's good to get in the habit of thinking that way, getting ready for the regular season.
3: Well, let's get to games that do count, do matter. That's college football. In a matter of days, we're going to kick off, tee it up, and, and kick off uh, the season, uh, Josh. Some injury news, though, for University of Georgia, a team that I I'm high on. Uh, and the reason why was because of Darnell Washington, a young man out of Las Vegas. Uh, he's seven. He's a tight end, a big target that could perhaps uh, light it up for the Bulldogs in the middle of the field. Uh, had a nice relationship going on too with the quarterback situation there in Georgia, but he's got an injury that's going to keep him out of this game uh, against Clemson. Now, I haven't seen any notable line movement. Uh, the same thing with uh, uh, Ty Key Smith, too. He's a transfer from West Virginia, a guy who's going to man the middle of the field defensively for the Bulldogs. Uh, he's banged up, too, and looks like he's going to miss that game uh, against Clemson. Uh, so apparently, Georgia, they're suffering some injuries here. Some, so injury concerns leading into this big matchup uh, against the Tigers.
2: Yeah, obviously you don't want to hear any of this stuff, these injury concerns, you know, if you're going to be uh, looking forward to sweating a win total or being on the dogs in general. But I would say, Pritch, the great equalizer to me is the line movement, and I haven't seen any line move, Mm -hmm. you know, toward Clemson or away from Georgia based on these injuries. So oddsmakers are telling you, you know, I mean, if it was a quarterback issue, if it's JT Daniels who gets hurt, God forbid, in practice or something happens, then you're going to see a big line move. But kind of these supplementary players, even though definitely you you want them in the lineup if you're going to sweat Georgia, The line hasn't moved too much, and I I still think Georgia, uh, if you can find a hook in that game, could be worthwhile because a lot of these books were three and a half. They're down to three at some shops. Some were three up to three and a half and back down to three. What I'm getting at, Pritch, is it seems every time the hook is available with Georgia, it gets scooped up and back down to three. So, again, I'd love these guys to be in the lineup. They may not be. But it's not like this line shot up to minus five Clemson. It's kind of stayed where it's at.
3: Yeah, you know, I was looking around, too, for prices on that because, you know, anywhere from a line change. I I wasn't anticipating a significant line move either, but uh, Darnell Washington, he was one of those guys. We had Houston Nutt on the show. He does. uh, He's an analyst for CBS Sports now, former SEC Coach of the Year for Arkansas, and uh, he talked about Washington and what a difference maker he could perhaps be, Uh, and I guess apparently he lit it up, too, uh, when you look at him back in spring ball. So uh, it's, it's unfortunate. We're not going to be able to see him in that matchup against Clemson.
2: Right there with you, Pritch. And again, keep an eye on the total as well. It's around yeah. 52, but it looks like looks like there could be a little under money down at 51 and a half. We know Georgia great defensively, right. so keep an eye on that as
3: well. All right. Off and rolling here on the program. Uh, I think the Pac-12 is up for grabs. Uh, we're going to give $100 to Josh Applebaum <laughs> and see what he does with it when it comes to the conference championship. That's next.
0: if you dare.
3: Football season is right around the corner, so it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the app, stop by any MGM casino on the strip, have your state-issued ID, open an account, start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sports, whatever your betting style, you're going to love the technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum, your host with you today. Uh, So, Josh, let's take $100 and bet in a conference that I believe is up for grabs, which is the Pac-12 Conference uh, for the championship, uh, the winner. So you got plus uh, money situation for Oregon, plus $250 as a favorite, plus $350 for Washington, SC comes in at plus 400. Arizona State, even with their issues, at plus 400. And Utah uh, at plus 600.
2: Yeah, Pritch. I think you hit the nail on the head. The Keywords there were up for grabs. I mean, mm-hmm. this isn't like the ACC where you have Clemson. What are they like a minus one thousand favorite mm-hmm. uh, to win the ACC there? So I think if you do your homework and you want to focus on a conference to hopefully uh, cash a ticket, and make some money here, I think this is the the Pac twelve. This is the conference you want to look at. So uh, you know, just to, you know, hammer home the point. We have five teams that are plus six hundred or better to win this conference. So definitely available. You know, look at Oregon, the other thing, Pritch, uh, five teams that are ranked in the top 25. So could be very competitive here, uh, just in general. You know, look at Oregon, they're the favorite here. They go four and three last year. Uh, Their win total is nine, minus 110 both sides. But to me, I think if you go down the list a little bit, a couple that really caught my eye, uh, number one would be Utah. Uh, They're plus 600, Pritch. I know you've been high on Utah. Mm -hmm. They're three and two coming off of last year. And again, you had a weird Pac-12 year where a lot of these teams uh, had a limited schedule due to COVID. I'm looking at their win totals, eight and a half over minus 145. That's one of the highest juiced up win totals of any team in this division or in this conference. Um, So telling me that Utah may be a team that is getting overlooked a bit here uh, with a really juiced up over win total. The other two juiced up over win totals would be Washington, uh, eight and a half over minus 125, and then Arizona State, eight and a half over minus 120. Uh, USC to me, even though this is a team with Keaton Slovis, who's a Heisman-type candidate, could have a little bit harder of a schedule this year. You know, you go five and one, and you think, wow, I can get, you know, pretty good number here, USC at plus 400, how do I not grab it? But but just be careful with, with the Trojans. Their tot- their win total is 8.5, but juiced up under minus 115. So, uh, Pritch, I'll defer to you. What jumps out to me, though, is definitely with some plus money, juiced up win totals, Washington, Arizona State, and Utah here.
3: Yeah, you know, Washington, uh, they're going to be known for their defense this year. Uh, Josh. Uh, typically, they're probably going to be known for their offense. A lot of great high school football up there. They're in the state of Washington. Uh, no longer, Chris Peterson is no longer the coach. Uh, so you got uh, Jimmy Lake. Uh, He's coming in, uh, came in last year, did a nice job. But uh, it's a different culture, different feel up there for the Huskies. Oregon, they're going to have athletes. We know that about that school. And offensively, uh, they're going to get after you that way. I don't know about defensively, though. It could be some high-scoring games for them. But uh, wide open, if you ask me, in terms of that division. Now, the Southern Division, SC, Arizona State, and Utah, they're going to duke it out. Uh, So if you can catch one of these teams, one of these schools, duking it out, Uh, winning their division, coming to Las Vegas for the Pac-12 championship. I think the uh, Pac-12 South division, they have a great chance of beating the North this year.
2: I'm right there with you, Pritch. So, again, Washington, Arizona State, Utah getting yeah. plus 350, plus 400, you know, plus 600. To me, that's where the value lies with this prop bet. But, Pritch, I'll just mention one thing as well. You know, the opener here on September 4th, Oregon at home against Fresno State. Mm-hmm. You say to yourself, you know, Oregon will wipe the floor with Fresno State. You know, lay the big points. They'll they'll win by four touchdowns. But surprisingly, it looks like Fresno State took in a little bit of money. Some of these books open Oregon minus 21 and a half, a big number, obviously. But you're around that key. It's not as Big a key number, but 21. Obviously, you get your three touchdowns there. It's now down across the market to 21, or I'm seeing even some 20 and a halfs here. So, uh, to your point, that um, you know, what are we going to see about out of them defensively? You know, the total in that one is 62, Pritch. So, again, we got to get used to, you know, we got 30, 35s in the preseason NFL. Yes, <laughs> high 60s. We got to get used to that again uh, here with with college football. But just goes to show you a little bit of money. Fresno State to me, Oregon. It's the easy bet here. They're a flashy team. You know, they work with Nike. They got new uniforms every game. They're kind of a cool team to bet on from a public perspective, but just be a little bit careful. I think with the move to Fresno state week one and uh, all these other teams with better numbers, I'd be, I'd be looking not to take the ducks. I'd be looking at some of these other teams instead.
3: Yeah. Keep an eye on that uh, schedule too, for the ducks. I believe they have Ohio state uh, not too long after that either. So, so I mean uh, some tests right there in front of the ducks. Uh, For sure. Uh, And then Utah, they got to transfer quarterback from Baylor, uh, Charlie Brewer. So uh, if they hit with him, I think Utah can be pretty potent this year. Uh, Coming up next on the program, Major League Baseball, some pennant races, uh, contenders, pretenders. We'll go over the odds. It's coming up next. Tomorrow's episode of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod zeroes in on the Del Mar and Saratoga. Millie Ball, a yak teen of XBTV previews Saturday's Million Dollar Pacific Classic. Luis Saez talks about his rise to the top of the jockey standings at Saratoga. Chris Andrews from the South Point handicaps races at both tracks. Subscribe now at iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify or Stitcher or download it tomorrow morning at... Beeson.com slash podcast. The Ron Flatter Racing Pod is sponsored by First Bet. Welcome back to the program. It's betting across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you today. And Josh, we got day baseball and got games about to start.
2: Uh, let's hit one uh, that you're noticing right now with the Phillies. Yeah, just want to mention the Phillies here, Pritch. We got a decent pitching matchup. Mm-hmm. Zach Wheeler, who's still in the conversation here for the NL Cy Young going, going up against Madison Bumgarner. What we've seen so far is the the Diamondbacks, a team that has been, uh, you know, a a kind of a team that we've bet against quite a bit uh, the the entire year. One of the worst records in baseball. They've actually been pretty decent lately. They've won four of their last five. Uh, They've been very competitive here. You kind of left them for dead, and now they're being, uh, they're being decent recently. But, Pritch, I'd be looking toward the Phillies in this one. I have saw a huge move toward the the Phillies here with Zach Wheeler. They open around minus 170 on the road. They're up to all the way uh, minus 200 now. So system match here with the Phils, non-division favorite getting steam 10 cents or more. It's 242 and 147 this year, 62%. So you've, you've turned a decent profit with this line move here. I hate laying a big number here on the road, uh, but it definitely seems a situation where wise guys are not too concerned. You're really waiting for the Phillies to make this move here. Remember we were doing shows Pritch, where it was the, the Mets in first place. And mm-hmm. the, the low hanging fruit was grab the Phillies to jump back in that division. We've seen the Atlanta Braves really be the team that, that's taken over in the NL East. But I think today, if you're looking for finally a bounce back spot for the Phils, maybe today's your day in a day game there uh, in the desert with a really big steam move there. Minus 170 up to minus 200.
3: All right. Uh, these playoff races are tightening divisional uh, wildcard situations, too. So let's look at some of these odds for AL and L pennants uh, to see if there's some prices that we like based on contenders and pretenders, Josh, because I think this is important. This is great work by Britton, our producer, too, on this. Uh, when you look at the AL pennant odds right now, the Astros plus 190, the White Sox plus 275, uh, the Rays plus 450, Yankees plus 550. Josh Applebaum for the Yankees right there. But uh, look at these uh, records uh, for these teams versus teams with a winning record, because, like the Padres, for instance. Uh, Just off the top of my head, I remember Snell, he can't pitch well against good teams. He pitches well (laughs) against bad teams. So looking in the AL, you got the Astros who are 45 and 29 um, uh, against teams with a winning record. The White Sox are 20 and 24 uh, against teams with winning records there. So when you look at these odds AL pennant, and then you look at what these teams have done, these leaders, uh, against winning teams or teams that are playoff caliber teams. Uh, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I think the Astros are a bit overvalued here. Pritch, look at the AL pennant odds. I mean, the ironic thing is the Astros, they're good against winning teams. They can't beat the Kansas City Royals. Pritch. Right. They've lost three in a row to the Kansas City Royals, and they're down 3-1 to one again today. I, I don't mm-hmm. know if any of our Beason viewers or listeners have been riding Kansas City. They've been super contrarian with no respect every single game. They've cashed plus 140, plus 150, plus 160. They're another big plus number today. Um, so I just think with the the Astros, you need Bregman back. That's a guy that's really important to your lineup. Uh, I don't know what the status of Verlander is. I heard a rumor he could be coming back okay. in September, uh, but he came off that injury. To me, Pritch, the value is like it's like a broken record. But the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, the Rays get no respect, and they have these good numbers and. Because they play uh, this uh, this small market uh, game, where you know they they put out guys you don't recognize, we just kind of overlook them. But uh, they have the pedigree, they have a great manager in Kevin Cash. Uh, they made a great move, in my opinion, getting Nelson Cruz. I think that lineup really needed a big bopper there, uh, and hit you know second third in that lineup, mm-hmm. Cruz has really added a lot of uh, you know a lot of uh, you know run and, and explosive uh, opportunities there for the Rays. But if you're g- giving me the Rays plus four hundred to win the pennant. To me that's a team that I'm buying low on. My only concern would be their pitching cuz typically like they they make do offensively but they have great pitching. It's kind of different this year. They got a great lineup, their pitching isn't as good. So let's see if, if they can uh you know uh, continue that. But uh, to me the +450 with the Rays is valuable. And then it kills me to say a pitch but the Yankees uh at some point if they keep doing what they're doing and uh great sharp win there yesterday. Right. I'm a Sox fan but I took the Yankees that was a -110 up to like -120 sharp move fade the trendy dog spot. If the Yankees continue to do what they're doing and they, they can put together this murderers row uh lineup here one through nine and they're getting guys healthier and can their pitching hold up they're gonna mm-hmm. get they're getting Cole back after he had some COVID issues. I don't know what the deal is with Kluber. Jamison tyon who's pitching tonight, has actually been pretty decent for them. I just think at that number, plus 700, yeah. to me, I would look toward the Rays or the Yankees in this spot. Okay, the Yankees,
3: 41-38 against teams with winning records, too. So, only the White Sox stand out. 20-24 uh, and 24 against teams with winning records this year. Maybe redeeming themselves against the A's recently. Nice series right there. I'll go to the NL pennant odds. The Dodgers uh, leading the way at plus 135, Josh. Uh, the Brewers at 350, plus 350. The Giants who's power ranked, uh, you you look at power rankings right now, they're power ranked number one, they're plus 350 NL pennant odds and the Braves plus 900 uh, for NL pennant odds.
2: Yeah. So I think in terms of what I expect to happen is I do think the Dodgers are going to win the NL pennant. I just think this powerhouse team is just kind of unbelievably, you know, uh, you know, just, just depth and and star power and one through nine and their pitching staff. I mean, it really is unbelievable what they put together, which by the way, Red Sox, if you're listening, you can go over (laughs) the luxury tax, you can spend money. We can, you know, the Dodgers do it every single year. Uh, But anyway, Pritch, that's who I think will happen. But if you're asking me where the value is, I would say it's more with the Giants plus 350 okay. or the Brewers plus 350. To me, the Brewers are the the National League version of the Rays. They're kind of in a small market. They don't have a lot of nationally televised games, but they got a great lineup, one through nine. Uh, I think get, picking up Eduardo Escobar was a great move for them. Mm-hmm. Christian Yelich really still hasn't hit. You're waiting for him to break through, uh, but really it's that pitching staff. You know, when you can throw out uh, Woodruff and, and Corbin Burns and Peralta, who our buddy Josh Towers is super high on. Then you got Hader in the back end. I think the Brewers are kind of lurking in the weeds to me who have a lot of value there. Uh, but I don't see much. I think it's going to be one of those three pitch Dodgers, Brewers, Giants. I mean, the Padres are sinking like a rock yes, here. They are. Uh, Braves, I really like uh, to win that division. and I like their lineup, but I, I think they're thin on pitching. And I just think a lot of these other teams, Phillies, Mets, you know, Reds, I guess they're a good number 25 to one, but I don't see them having the pitching either. I think it's going to be that top three. I would, I would, if you, you know, gun to my head, I'd say the Dodgers win the pennant. Okay. But if you're looking for value, to me, it's the Brewers and the Giants at those numbers.
3: Man, the Braves came close last year too, though. I mean, but that lineup, uh, the way that they're hitting the ball right now, uh, it's no different than what the Yankees are doing, really. I mean, the Yankees with the power, but the Braves are hitting it everywhere. uh, And they're spraying the balls, but they're just scoring. Uh, I agree with you on the pitching though, but Braves at plus 900 NL pennant. uh, The Yankees plus 550 AL pennant.
2: Yeah, definitely worth a look. And Pritch, by the way, I was on Atlanta yesterday. They almost blew it. They had an 11-3 lead in the ninth (laughs) inning. It went 11-9. It's like, whoo, thank God we got that one. Yeah,
3: who (laughs) says you can't relax in baseball, right? I mean, they did relax, and they almost got beat uh, right there by the Marlins. Uh, Coming up next on the program, Uh, we got player props in the National Football League, and we're going to go over an exercise to maybe help us out uh, in terms of finding the best player props on the board. It's coming up next. Summer sports betting is heating up, so sign up right now for a risk-free first bet up to $1,000 at BetMGM. Be sure to use bonus code VSEN1000 and get in the game with the king of sports books. Get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odd specials. Once again, it's bonus code VSEN1000 to make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. It's a new customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum, with you today. So, Josh, these player props, I mean, I spent hours looking at some player props the other night. Uh, but I think this is going to help us trying to make a decision. At least it will help me, I think. Uh, let's see what you think here. Uh, we're going to have two players compare their player props and see which one's the better out of the two and then therefore maybe leading us to a a nice decision when it comes to player props. So let's start with passing yards. Uh, In the National Football League, when you have Sam Darnold or Jared Goff in terms of their passing yards and uh, comparing the two, uh, their numbers and their player prop situations, uh, how would you, which way would you go as we look at these numbers here?
2: Yeah, so, Pritch, full transparency, you know, I prepare for every show. I got note cards, you know, for every segment. <laughs> I, I'm a guy who does some homework here, but I will admit I've done no homework for this. I did it intentionally because uh, I like this exercise that Britton put together for us because the whole point is uh, we're not looking at the numbers. We're going based on off our perceptions mm-hmm. and uh, maybe with some biases baked in, and then we have the great equalizer of what the odds makers are providing for numbers. So it's kind of illuminating where maybe you're right on target where, where you think a player may be. Maybe you're totally off, which maybe could create some betting value here. So my thought here would be Sam Darnold uh, in terms of passing yards more okay. than golf. I would go over Darnold. My my whole play here would be with golf, the program that he's in and the weapons that he has. You know, you're under Campbell. You're under, um, you know, obviously uh, Anthony Lynn, our guy who uh, struggles sometimes with the clock management at the end of the game. You also, again, who are you going to throw to? You know, you don't have Marvin Jones. You you lose Galladay, Even though he was hurt, you'd much rather have him than not have him. I just think it's going to be a long year for Jared Goff where he doesn't have a lot of great weapons uh, to throw to. Although I would say, Pritch, I watched the first game uh, Amon St. Brown might mm-hmm. be his name. He's a guy to look out for. I think he was making some plays out there. It was, I think it was a mid round pick anyway, but, um, Darnold to me, much better weapons. You're going to be able to throw the ball, uh, you know, to, uh, to DJ Moore and all these guys, and you're getting McCaffrey back. You're in a better program with a higher win total. I think, what do we talk about the, uh, what's it? it's like seven, seven and a half there, uh, for, uh, for the Carolina Panthers bridge, whereas and yeah so there you go and then what's golf like five uh so yeah. better program better offensive weapons i'll go sam darnold there but what do you think Britch? well i i want to start with the coordinators
3: more so than the quarterbacks uh, and so anthony lynn uh played with and against him i mean he's a good guy and everything josh but i mean from an offensive coordinator standpoint uh he was an interim out there in buffalo did good job but then head coach uh, situation there with the chargers but I don't know with golf. I don't know if this is a match made in heaven. The culture up there is is going to be interesting to watch. And then what you said about the lack of weapons, I agree with that too. Now he'll throw the ball though. They're going to throw the ball a lot with Jared Goff. I think he has something to prove. Sam Darnold on the other side with Brady as an offensive coordinator and, you know, the three wide receiver sets and then the ultimate dump off to McCaffrey. Uh, It gets very, very interesting to me. So if I had to choose between those two, I would definitely choose Sam Darnold over Jared Goff.
2: I'm with you Pritch and again you know with the connection with Brady I think is going to bring out the best of him there but my one concern would be with golf is the garbage yards like is is it going to be a situation where Detroit's always down you know 17 to 7 at the Mm -hmm. half and they're down 24 10 in the third or fourth quarter and the other team's just like hey we got you beat maybe we'll play prevent defense you get a lot of those like fantasy points where it helps you if, if it's you know your guy you're starting if you're going against somebody it's like hey, can you play some defense here? So that will be my only concern. Uh, I think Darnold's in a much better situation yeah. than Goff, obviously, here. But, again, it's those garbage yards I worried about. With, I worry about with Goff. And they're really close, 39.95 and a half for
3: Goff and uh, 39.50 and a half uh, passing yards for uh, Sam Darnold.
2: So really close, Ooh. I know, right? Really close, yeah. yeah. But actually the edge is there to Goff. Yeah, right? Did it, I hear that right, Pritch? Thirty-nine ninety-five and a half,
3: and a half, almost 4,000 yards for Jerry Goff in Detroit. Garbage yards. Yes, yes. No Megatron, (laughs) nobody like that. Galladay, nobody like that up there anymore. Uh, How about Josh Allen or Justin Herbert? Gets a little tougher here with this one, uh, Josh uh, Applebaum, because I think Josh Allen uh, is incredible. Uh, So trying to compare these two guys, new coordinator, new system uh, with Justin Herbert, but a lot of people expecting big things from him this year.
2: Yeah, this is a really tough one, Pritch. I could kind of go either way. I'm interested to see what the actual numbers are at the end of this part. But, um, you know, I, I would lean Josh Allen just because uh, okay. this is a guy gotten better every single year. So if you're on this trajectory of your completion percentage getting better, your yardage getting better, your touchdowns, like, if you're just on that track where you're improving every single year, then I'm I'm confident in the same system, Dayball, a guy who's flirted mm-hmm. with maybe going to coach a different team but is still there, McDermott's still there. I mean, it's just a very, very, um, you know, a great foundation where you know what you're going to get and you, the familiarity, you, you know, the sky's the limit here. Now you sign this huge contract. So money isn't an issue. I just think, you know, we're really gonna see the best of Josh Allen this year, which is why I'm really high on the bills win total over uh, and really high on them, you know, challenging to to win that AFC overall. You know, with Herbert though, the guy that really played great his rookie year, um, but again, new coach. And then, you know, you are in the dome. So that is a little bit benefit to the offense here. Uh, so it's tough. I mean, you look at Keenan Allen, a guy that we expect another big year from. I think you bring in Jared Cook, Pritch, who, again, you getting older, but still a big, big target there over the middle. This I could go either way. I'll lean Josh <laughs> Allen, but if you tell me, Pritch, if you tell me Herbert's a hire, I'm not going to argue with you. But what's your take on this one before you reveal the result? I,
3: I, Josh Allen all the way for me. I mean, uh, I'm all in. My chips are to the table, in the middle of uh, the, of the <laughs> table, because like, what you said, spot on. Uh, Daybowl back, uh, he could have been become a head coach who knows? But he didn't get the job, so he's back as offense coordinator. Uh, they've added some weapons too uh, for uh, Josh Allen and Sanders, who's n- normally you know a, a weathered kind of guy and uh, playing playing in Denver uh, certainly had success there. Had success in Pittsburgh too. Uh, so the, the bad weather up there in Buffalo, if they get it, uh, it shouldn't be a problem. Josh Allen has that tremendous arm too. He has a Hollister uh, for an arm. <laughs> uh, I do like Justin Herbert, but I'm just I'm I'm, I'm not concerned. Not yet anyway. Uh but I I do have questions whether or not they're gonna make another system work for a young quarterback.
2: Yeah, great point. And again, not like a sophomore slump or yeah. hey the book is out on Justin Herbert. I think you're much more excited that, hey, the guy uh really and again, think about the, the Miami Dolphins bridge. Mm-hmm. They could add Herbert in that offense, they go with Tua jury's still out maybe two has a good year but I think you maybe you're kicking yourself there in Miami for not taking Herbert here uh it was what six foot six got all the measurables rocket arm and really the sky's the limit with him as well so uh throw the results at me Prince what do we got here are we right with Josh Allen yeah
3: separated by a hundred yards so Josh Allen 45 50 and a half passing yards Herbert 44 50 and a half passing yards
2: Ooh, there we go. So we're one for one, Pritch. We're just trying to grind a profit here. Let's keep going.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's it's helping the selection process, too, the eliminating guys uh, when you have them head-to-head this way and tr- trying to make that decision on the final one, the passing leader for the season, perhaps. So let's go to Kirk Cousins
2: or Derek Carr. Uh,
3: your thoughts on uh, those two quarterbacks there with passing yards.
2: Another tough one, Pritch, another one where it could go either way. I mean, you know, my, my I would lean car and I'll tell you why. Number one, I, I know the COVID situation. No one wants to hear about it. But uh, what if he's going to miss any games? If he's not vaxxed and then, then there's a situation mm-hmm. where there's a, a breakthrough case, I mean, that worries me. So you got to uh, ask yourself, hey, will this guy play every, all 17 games for you? You know, you can't get out there uh, with plexiglass bubble boy out there in an NFL game, Pritch. So we're going to have to see how that plays out. Uh, obviously, he's got great weapons there with Justin Jefferson, your guy, and obviously Thielen and Irv Smith, uh, a tight end who you and I think are I think both under the radar with in terms of over receiving yards. It was like 450, something like that. Obviously, Dalvin Cook, you know, a uh, runner who can also catch passes out of the backfield. You play in a dome, uh, but I'm gonna go Derek Carr just. Um, I think with with Darren Waller, he's a real key here. And Carr's, uh, you know, quietly kind of getting a little bit better each year. Michael Lombardi and his QB tiers, I think had Carr around the 10th best quarterback in the NFL. So you're with Gruden uh, another year here. Waller, you know, obviously you you're hoping for Henry Ruggs to break through and Edwards and some of these other guys. Um, it's 50 50 to me, Pritch. Yeah. I'd lean Carr, but you tell me who are you? Where are you going with this one?
3: This one's a tough one because Kirk Cousins and the offense coordinator uh, Clint Kubiak, uh, the new guy. Uh, I I don't know what that offense is going to look like. He has weapons. I mean, come on. If you can't coordinate and call plays for that offense, there's something wrong with you, right? (laughs) Dalvin Cook, uh, Irv Smith, like you mentioned, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. I mean, they should be able to light it up, I would think, I would imagine, for the Vikings. Now, offensive line, uh, they have offensive line issues. Same thing with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, a young offensive line uh, replacing some players. And then Derek Carr led the league in fumbles last year, Josh, in the pocket. He led the league in fumbles, and he's not much of a playmaking quarterback. I mean, he can throw the ball. He can uh, disperse it around the field. He's a high-completion guy, too. But as far as a vertical passing game and being aggressive, I don't know if he trusts himself enough yet uh, to do that consistently. We'll see if that happens this year, though. But I'm curious to see what, what the comparison is because they're both in the same boat, if you ask me.
2: I think you're totally right, Pritch. And he said the F word, uh, not the swear word, the fumble word. The fumble That's what really word, scares yeah. You. Yes, yes. Yeah. So
3: 4,200 and a half passing yards for Cousins. How about that? Just 4,025 and a half passing yards for Derek Carr.
2: I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Carr, or, uh, you know, obviously with with better weapons there with Cousins. You know, it's a distinction of who's higher and who would I rather take mm-hmm. with their over-under. I guess I would rather take uh, Carr, but I guess that makes sense with, with Cousins there.
3: Yeah, isn't that crazy, though? You would think a more experienced play caller, Coach Gruden, who's won a Super Bowl, uh, you would think Derek Carr would have a higher passing yard situation to go over or under with 4,025.5 than Kirk Cousins at
2: 4,200.5. Yeah. I would expect that, Pritch. And again, but Cousins also is a guy, you know, I look at – things through the lens of betting through Mm -hmm. the lens of a fan through the lens of fantasy and cousins is a guy who consistently is he a top five quarterback in the league? No, but he's usually (laughs) top five for statistical categories with yardage and touchdowns and stuff like that, so uh, tipper cap to Kirk Cousins, uh, that's a bit surprising to me, Pritch, but I guess it makes
3: sense. Would you bet it over? Which one would you bet over? Cousins or (laughs) Carr?
2: I'm going to go Carr. Give me Car over.
3: Yeah, because the total's lower, right? I mean, 40, 25 and a half right there. It makes sense uh, to me. That'll do it for hour number one. Hour number two, uh, we start with some market insights, as always. Also information from BetMGM when it comes to the Heisman Trophy. Those odds are out. Uh, Ticket handle as well. Uh, We're also deep dive into to the L.A. Rams, all that and more, coming up next in hour number two, right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: if you dare.